Welcome back to the Never Drop Podcast. As I'm sure you know, you can tell by the title, I'm sure you know because you saw it all on social media. I'm sure you know because you probably watched the fight itself. You know what this episode's about. This is the Never Drop Podcast review, you know, recap of the Javante Tank Davis versus King Ryan Garcia fight that happened on Saturday night in Las Vegas, which I was there. I watched. It was incredible. I'll talk about Vegas. I'll talk about the fight itself. The incredible atmosphere was in, in, incredible, right? I don't need to come up with another word. It was incredible right there. You know, probably the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. And one of the best moments, times, you know, good times I've had so far in my life. So I'll talk all about, all about that. We'll talk about, you know, technically what each fighter did, what's next. We'll get into everything, I promise you. Uh, but first, if you're listening on a streaming service, you know, say like a, a Apple Podcast or Spotify or an Amazon Podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you go ahead and followed me. Make sure you keep up with the Never Drop Podcast because, hey, this isn't the only great fight that's happened this year or is planned on happening this year. And I'm covering everything. So I'd appreciate if you went ahead and followed me on there. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, hey, smash that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. On YouTube, if you don't, if you're not subscribed on the YouTube, which is just the Never Drop Podcast, hey man, I'm dropping videos of what my perspective of fight night. I've already dropped one on the way in. Another, uh, I was at the casino after the fight, and Pitbull, um, Isak Pitbull Cruz, and David Morrell, who had a great first round knockout as the co-main event. Uh, they're just chilling out in the casino. Got a quick video of them talking. Uh, I think that was maybe the first time they met. I'm not sure, but you know, dapped each other up. Pretty cool video. And I'm dropping everything from the weigh-in to the actual fight to the walkout. Go follow the YouTube, subscribe on there. The Never Drop Podcast. Follow on the streaming services. And yeah, man, I think you could probably tell by how you know geeked and excited I am. This was a great time. If you don't don't know, you know. Tank Davis, seventh round KO of Ryan Garcia in the super fight, the mega fight in boxing. You know, there's a few other mega fights, but like I've said, this was the biggest fight to make in boxing. There's some better fights, and I'll talk about this fight in particular later on. Yeah, this wasn't, this was a one-sided fight, but it was a great fight. It was the fight that boxing needed. And really, you know, they've talked about it, the uh, two fighters and their teams. This, And I be- I truly believe so. This will be the fight to get fighters to start fighting each other again. A great event, great time, and a great fight. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's, let's talk about the whole thing right here. All right, before we talk about the fight, really quick, let's go back to Friday, the weigh-in. I was there. It was a great time. I got, I'll tell you, man, there was... So many people out there, you know, it was open to the public right outside the T-Mobile arena. It was a great time. It was just to see both fan bases there. It was fun. But there's a little bit, I don't I don't want to say controversy, but the little back and forth between uh, Bernard Hopkins and Tank, that was something I didn't see really everything that happened until afterwards when I got back to the hotel and kind of looked at the video and saw Bernard, you know, touch Tank. While I don't, I'm not going to go out on the, theory of, you know, I know there's one floating around that he had something on his hands and that would make Tank uh, test dirty for drugs or particular substances. I'm not going to go that far because that kind of sounds like a reach and I'm sure is a reach. But also I was confused with Bernard saying he's going to fall off the stage when I don't think he was. Either way, it was funny to see because in the crowd, 
in the video, if you look on YouTube, you know, it's like, who's he yelling at? Who is he getting mad at? Just turns and starts barking at someone, you know, and it was Bernard Hopkins. And then he goes back to his putting his attention on Ryan Garcia. And I told my friend who I was there with, I bet he pushes him. You know, it's the final face-off. You got to sell the fight a little more. The press conference on Thursday, they didn't do too much trash talking. There was a little bit, not too much. You got to sell it one more time on Friday. And I think that's what they did. Uh, you know, Tank pushes him up there. Teams holding each other back. Like, no one was gonna, no one was going to do something. Because the next night, you know, that was their time to actually do something. So the way it was cool, I know the lot was made out of the rehydration clause. Uh, Tank was underweight, Ryan was underweight. The next morning when they weighed in, both were underweight. Weight. So everything from that aspect was good. I'm sure, I'm sure the rehydration clause for Ryan did, it didn't help him. It probably hurt him a little bit. He is a bigger guy. 140 is going to be his division. He talked about moving up to 140. He is moving up to 140. I'm sure the rehydration clause hurt him. But he said it himself. I signed the contract. No excuses. And I'm not going to, you know, make that for an excuse for him. Sure, it helped tank and hurt him a little. But when you get in the ring, you got to fight. So let's kind of just get right to the fight. The game plan for Ryan Garcia seemed to be come out aggressive, throw combinations, use your speed, and it kind of seemed just to overwhelm him, him being Tank Davis. And I'm sure, as you know, if you're listening, I'm a huge Tank fan. I've watched him for, geez, like five or six years now. Huge Tank fan. I talked about in my first episode. I wanted to make sure everyone knew who my favorite fighters were. Tank's up there. So yes, I was at the fight rooting for Tank. And watching it from the crowd, you know, that first round was nothing. That was, both guys were kind of just touching gloves. It didn't even really matter. Uh, Ryan did win that, obviously, because I don't even know if Tank threw a punch. But the second round, Ryan was coming out fast. He was throwing. And as a Tank fan, you know, me and my boy were kind of like, oh, okay, okay, it's okay. Like, we're good, we're good. And Ryan just kept coming forward and throwing fast count, fast uh, combos. I was like, oh, okay, well, Tank's got to step it up. Let's go. Tank's not throwing too much. And then Ryan makes the same mistake Leo Santa Cruz did, geez, you know, a few years back now, 2020, throws the same punch three or four times. And I promise you guys, just because Tank's a knockout fighter, that doesn't mean he's not a smart fighter. He has a great boxing IQ. You throw the same punch three or four times, Tank is going to see that. And on that last one, he's going to make you pay. And like he did with Leo Santa Cruz, not as <laughs> filthy or dirty because Leo, you know, that's knockout of the year for a reason. Tank hits Ryan with a left hand. It was kind of a left hook slash uppercut. I'd say left hook because Ryan was leaning in. Tank hits him with a left hook. Ryan's wide open, just wide open. Catches Ryan. Ryan falls to the canvas. He's down. First time in the fight. And I, I kid you not, crowd went crazy. And that that moment obviously changed the entire fight. It threw the entire game plan for Ryan Garcia out the window. He immediately realized, oh, I can't crack with this dude. Or I don't want to get cracked by this dude. I mean, if I take all the hits like this all night, I can't do it. Because you can tell in the third, fourth, fifth round, he was timid. 
Every time Tank was getting ready to throw or was throwing, he was given the high guard. He was shelling up. He was honestly turning his back to Tank. Tank had to try and steer him into the right direction, and Tank was working the body, which come a couple rounds later, really paid off. But, you know, Ryan was having trouble even throwing his jab out there. He did not want to get hit by Tank, it looked like, after that second round, after he got knocked down, which is crazy because he was clearly winning that second round. And the judges, which their scorecards were for the second round, I believe were horrendous, especially one judge. One judge ruled it a 10-10 to round, an even round, even with a knockdown. The other judges had a 10-9, to so they were obviously having Ryan winning the round, which he was. But then with the knockdown, they only they bumped it down to 10-9, which I'll argue, but that's fair. But the judge that had it 10-10 to an even round is absolutely ridiculous. It wouldn't have mattered. Tank was well ahead on the scorecards, which he's kind of put that narrative down a couple, a few fights, you know, uh, these last two fights. He's put that narrative that, hey, he loses all these rounds. Last two fights, he was ahead actually pretty uh, solidly in rounds before this fight was stopped. So he's kind of put that narrative to bed. But in this fight, there was a reason he was ahead, and that was because that second round knockdown, Ryan just didn't want to fight, it seemed. He didn't want to throw. He was hesitant to use the jab. He was backing up, shelling up, and you could just tell it really affected him, and his game plan just went out the window. That's where he needs to, and Joe Goosen as well, need to realize, oh, I got to back up. I I have my reach. I have my height. Let me just jab him. I got to jab and move. But that's one thing I talked about. Ryan's fundamentals aren't the greatest. Aren't where, say, a tank is or any of those other guys at 135. Their level, their fundamentals, they're, they're just not there. So, you know, for Ryan, jabbing and getting out, out of there is more work for him than any other 135er. So he just wasn't able to do that. And his game plan, those next three rounds went absolutely in the trash because he did not want to get hit. Comes out the sixth round, Ryan does, and he starts to pick it up a little bit. He's throwing more. He catches Tank with, I think, his two best shots in the sixth round. He catches him with a right hand, a couple right hands, which is funny because you know I wasn't talking about the right hand at all for Ryan. Uh, obviously, it's the left hook, the uh, punch that you know everyone in the world knows that Ryan Garcia has the left hook. You know, I even said in my preview, I thought Tank's right hand would do damage. It didn't do too much damage in this fight. But Ryan's right hand caught him flush a couple times on the ropes, which I was nervous. I didn't know why Tank necessarily wanted to be on the ropes all night. I thought that was going to be, I thought that was the perfect time for Ryan to come in and throw combos and unleash right there. And he even said, said on the um, post-fight interview, I believe he said, hey, I gave him too much respect on the ropes. I should have you know, went to him instead of let him dictate everything. I should have pressed him while he was on the ropes, and I totally agree. I I wasn't sure why Tank was so adamant on being on the ropes, but obviously it worked out. But, yeah, that sixth round, he picks up his pace. He catches Tank with a few uh, right hands, and it's like, okay, Ryan's, you know, kind of back. He's back a little bit. I think he won that round. Obviously, he was still down by a good amount of rounds, but it's like, okay, this isn't going to be such a one-sided fight anymore. Ryan's kind of realized, hey, I got to pick it up. Then come the seventh round. Seventh round had good action all throughout it. They are trading. I think it was the sixth round or the fifth. I'm trying to remember because, again, I'm still trying to look for footage for the entire fight. It's easy to see the knockdowns and the knockout. 
but I'm still trying to find footage of the entire fight. So if my round is off by a round or two, my apologies. But I think it was either the fifth or sixth round where Tank caught Ryan with a nice left hand in the middle of the ring. You know, so he was still throwing power punches, uh, Tank, but Ryan was coming closer. He was moving in, and w- there was one, that shot I'm mentioning, the fifth or sixth, you know, it looked like kind of stunned Ryan, but it didn't, t- didn't do too much to him. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe Ryan's, you know, take that took that punch and was like, all right, you know, one shot, I was off guard, off balance, he got me. You know, if this is his power, okay, you know, I'm going to keep walking you down. I'm going to try and be the aggressor like I thought I wanted to. Come the seventh round, yeah, they're going back and forth. And Tank delivers a body shot with a lift, left hook that ends the fight. And from my perspective, I didn't see Ryan get hit with the body. Even the broadcast didn't see Ryan get hit with the body. Um, I've been re-watching the broadcast, and they're talking about the moment they're exchanging, both of them. Ryan actually clips Tank with a right hand on the temple. Tank is underneath his shorter, gets that left hand, left hook to Ryan's body. You know, from my perspective, Ryan's backing up, and it, it looked like I was looking at Tank's back, the corner that this was happening at, and Tank, it looked like Tank was walking Ryan down. And of course, Ryan's the taller fighter, so I could kind of see Ryan's head. And then all of a sudden, he ducks below, and I'm like, what's going on? And Tank jogs back to the other corner, and Ryan's on a knee. And it's like, oh, crap, what did he get hit with? What happened? On the broadcast, they're like, Garcia's right hand. Oh, Garcia's on a knee. They didn't even see that Tank had thrown the left to the body, the liver shot that did it. You know, that did it. That liver shot was enough to for Ryan Garcia. He said he was out of breath. He couldn't breathe. Decided, hey, I'm going to take a knee. And he just couldn't get up in that 10 count. And I know a lot of people are talking about, hey, he quit. He's a quitter. Well, of course, yeah, I'd have loved for him to get back up. In that moment, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he probably couldn't breathe. He, I mean, I, I played football one year and and I got leveled and I couldn't breathe for like a minute right you're just like oh crap i'm sure getting hit by that was on the same level or probably a little bit way harder than some tackle in football so yeah i'm not gonna be one of those people that say oh he's a quitter he quit no i'm pretty sure that power punch did something to him and unfortunate because i would love to see the fight continue and i would love to see tank close the deal with maybe a harder shot a you know bigger shot send him down to the canvas but hey that's what it took tank davis gets the win puts ryan on his knee and that's it that's how the super fight ends i find it ironic that hey i was talking about it you were talking about it everyone was talking about the left hook from ryan will do the job you know if you're a ryan fan if you're ryan garcia himself he's talking all i need is the left hook all I need. What ends the fight is a Tank Davis left hook to the body that Ryan Garcia cannot get up from. And let me be clear, this is this was a KO. This wasn't a TKO. I know some people have been confused by the two. No, the ref didn't stop the fight. Ryan couldn't answer the 10 count there, so it's a KO. You know, there's a, there's a slight difference, but poor respect on, you know, that power from Tank that, hey, he couldn't get up from that 10 count. But 
even without that seventh round knockout, it was clear. Man, these two were on different levels. This was some of the best work we've seen from Tank, as I think, obviously, Ryan was... He treated Ryan like he was Roley. He wasn't trying to get hit by Roley, and he wasn't trying to get hit by Ryan. You could tell that through the first couple rounds. Anytime Ryan was getting in close, you know, when I was talking about him being the aggressor, Tank was holding. He was clinching. And Ryan, to his credit, he was fighting out the clinch. You know, Tank was trying to clinch and keep clinching, and Ryan kept throwing punches and kept hitting Tank. It kind of looked dirty from a one perspective. You could say, oh, it's dirty. You know, he's holding. But that's a smart move by Ryan. Until the ref breaks it up, keep throwing punches. And I was thinking, hey, if Tank is going to continue to do this, he's got to be aware that Ryan will try and fight out of the clinch and he'll get hit when they're tied up. Obviously, in the second round, that the whole narrative changed about that. But it just showed, hey, once Ryan realized the power from Tank, he wasn't going to do anything. Tank was, his defense was better, clearly. Offense, you know, he's a great counterpuncher. He counterpunched both knockdowns, you know, the first and then uh, knockdown, then the second, which led to be the knockout. He's a great counterpuncher, and he doesn't throw many punches. That's the thing. Tank is going to wait and wait and wait until you're open. He's going to hit you, and he's going to hit you hard. I think I saw a stat saying in the first two rounds, Tank had only thrown four punches. Four punches, and think about that. Ryan hit the canvas from one of those four punches. In total, I think he only threw 103 punches to Garcia's 160 or somewhere close to that number is what I've uh, seen. Crazy. You know, he's extremely accurate with a low output and he hits the hardest, right? That's why it's gonna be interesting to see when he fights these other guys. Does he need to increase his output? Because say like the Leo Santa Cruz fight, that's the tank that I believe has the increased output. He's not always looking to counterpunch. You know, he'll go blow for blow for you. I always go back to that Leo Santa Cruz fight. He'll go blow for blow for you. But this fight, he took his time. And I think the moment was a little big for Ryan. I mean, tank had been on these moments, not this exact moment, because this is transcends the sport of boxing. This was... A cultural fight. This was huge. Everyone was talking about this fight. I had people that never watched boxing in their life talking to me about this fight. They're tank fans now. Talked about Mayweather Pacquiao, how non-boxing fans get into this, then they find their fighter, then they find how good the sport is. This is that fight. And I've seen it firsthand people talk to me about that being the case. So I think Tank put on a great show, right? But he had been in those moments before. Ryan he had never been on pay-per-view before. Pay-per-view pay before, excuse me. And I think the moment was a little big for him. Granted, I don't think that's, I'm not going to say, oh, he lost because it was too big for him, pause. No, I won't. I think just there's a difference. Also, I got to mention, we should have known it was going to be over when Tank walked out with Chief Keef. <laughs> as soon as he, uh, uh, they announced him and then Love Sosa started playing, it was like, oh, He's not playing around, right? He was walking out with Sosa. Not playing around when you're walking out with, uh, you know, Chief Keefe, man, with Sosa. That was that was pretty cool. I was thinking it was going to be Baby, little Baby, walking him out. But Baby's walked him out twice before, so go with someone different and no one better. And, you know, you got Sosa walking you out. That was, that was awesome. But, yeah, 
ends with a body shot. And this is funny. This went over my head. I'll I'll be I'll raise my hand in a minute. It went over my head. Tank. And it's pre-fight interviews all throughout you know the month leading up to this kept talking oh ryan gets hurt to the body ryan gets hurt to the body as we know as ryan has said he did have a mole in his camp tank said that you know okay maybe he's just lying no ryan announced oh i did have a mole in my camp disappointing yeah whatever tank knew ryan was got hurt hit uh got hurt when he got hit to the body which now makes so much sense because every time Ryan would shell up and say, turn his back. I talked about Tank kind of steering him in a direction. Tank was steering him so he could just pound the body. Pause. He wasn't just looking for headshots. He was punching the body, punching the ribs, punching the liver. And eventually, what got him was the body shot, the liver shot. So while Tank was talking about this and, you know, everyone's like, okay, yeah, right, it'll break him down. People want to say, oh, body shots will help break him down, expose him, then you can hit him. Tank knew all along, his team, uh, Kenny Ellis, uh, Coach Calvin Ford, both of them knew that this was going to happen, that the body shots were where a lot of this damage was going to be, and Tank took advantage of it. You know, he said it before, and he did it. Funny, uh, even uh, I saw a video from uh, one of Tank's trainers, Kenny Ellis, uh, him and Calvin Ford were working and they posted a fo- uh, video you know one of the last days of their camp Tank was working with uh, Kenny Ellis and the exact shot that he threw and hit for that knockout they were working on so they knew how this was going to go they knew the fighter that Ryan was where his openings were going to be they even there's another video of them working on the first knockdown Ryan's not fundamentally sound so they knew this and it happened right so the left hook does it for Tank, getting the W. And I think it was just a great performance. What people, the debate now is, is Tank the face of boxing? What is this? This is either a sixth or seventh pay-per-view. He sells out arenas wherever he goes. You know, people are traveling to go watch Tank. People are traveling, you know, I came from New York to go watch Tank. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, he sold out Atlanta, sold out LA, sold out Vegas now, sold out uh, Washington, D.C. with other, New York City. Is he the face of boxing? For non-boxing fans and younger boxing fans, the younger generation, yeah, he is. He's the face of boxing. For people who are die-hard boxing fans, and, you know, I'll throw in people that are boxing fans into that mix of he's the face. For people that are die-hard fans, Canelo will, at this point, I'd say, for them, is the face of boxing. I think it's split. If you want my opinion, I think Tank is the face of boxing. I won't. I think Tank is the face of boxing. And Earl Spence is my favorite fighter, top three fighter in the world. He's not the face. Tank Davis is the face. And, you know, Earl's a couple slots down from Tank, right? Tank has continued to fight. And the, you know, he's ta- he, he only had two months between Las Garcia, Hector Luis Garcia, and this Garcia, Ryan Garcia, right? He's fighting on a regular basis. He's selling him out. And now, now the fact he did the biggest fight in boxing with a knockout win, at this moment, I say he's the face of boxing. You know, I know Canelo fights in about a week and a half or two weeks. 
but he's fighting someone that hey he's fighting in mexico for his country which is awesome right he wants to give back to his country but he's fighting someone that hey, he really kind of poses no threat you know we all expect canelo to win that fight say canelo fights though a david benavidez or um has another fight with uh Bevel. okay yeah he might be back to be in the face of boxing but at the second man tank davis is the face of boxing and a lot of people want to keep saying canelo but right now it's tank davis i'm sorry you you ask a lot of people that don't watch boxing hey who's your favorite boxer what's the last fight you watch? oh gervonta davis tank davis and even people you know i'm a huge boxing fan i watch everything most things i won't say everything a lot of boxing not everything most things <laughs> um tank the face no one on social media is covering a fight like how they cover uh, tank fights. Right now, he's the face. And speaking of the face of boxing, it was awesome, awesome, awesome to see the former face, Floyd Mayweather, in the ring, at the fight, supporting Gervonta Davis. We know that their relationship's been a little rocky, right? Uh, tank left Mayweather promotions, and I don't think Mayweather was too happy about it. But we'd seen Leonard Ellerby, I believe at the Hector fight, Tank was actually looking for him in the crowd. So it was like, oh, okay. They got a good relationship. You know, he was actually on the podium. I don't know if they're in business together or he's an advisor. You know, I don't know any of the business moves per se, but it's obvious that he's A, close with them, or two, they are in business, and Tank trusts him. So it's like, okay, is him and Mayweather still good? Are him and Mayweather still uh, good friends, you know, solid relationship? And we'd seen them... Post Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez fight, they were both in Vegas at the fight for that, and they had. I think Floyd had posted a photo of them too, and then they had stayed after the fight to watch more fights. Right, so I was like, oh okay. But to see Floyd in the ring with him, giving him advice, happy for him. He was even there at the, you know at the post-fight press conference with him. That was awesome, and. Hey man, it was it was really cool to see that those two have mended things, patched things up. Cause hey, again, you got Floyd in Tank's corner. It's gonna be hard to beat him. It's hard to beat him without right Roley and Hector Luis Garcia learned that with him. It's a whole nother monster. Yeah, great fight. Exactly what boxing needed, and I was happy to be there. Honestly, I'll talk a little bit about. Honestly, I'll talk a little bit about my experience in Vegas, which was incredible. All right, so like I said before, I got in there Friday morning. So kind of chilled around Vegas. Uh, I was cooling around Vegas for a little bit. Went to the weigh-in. That was fun, man. I obviously touched on that earlier. Mike Tyson was out there. Um, a couple other fighters were out there. I'm, kind of, I'm blank on the, on the names, but it was cool, right? I was able to meet, a, meet and see a few different celebrities it was actually you know vegas that's the thing with these big fights man they attract everybody they attract everybody to the fight and like they put mark Wahlberg on the screen uh mike tyson who else did they put on the jumbotron i'm forgetting but i'm sure at home watching the fight they showed you know a lot of the celebrities that were there and there were plenty i know jimmy fallon was there i saw a reaction of uh him to the first knockdown it was incredible like uh Friday, I was at the uh, Louis Vuitton store, and Amari Cooper was in there. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, 
in line at Chrome Hearts. Uh, Asa Bari just walked in. Kai Sinet, who, you know, if you remember, that's the streamer, the Instagram Live, that Tank and Ryan were on when they bet their entire purse. Which Tank did say in the uh, post-fight interview, hey, Ryan can keep it. Which, obviously, that wasn't going to get done. These guys were fighting for crazy amounts of money. Ridiculous. And so, yeah, they're going to keep their own money. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it was... um. I dapped up. I don't know if anyone here, uh, if you're a bo- uh, excuse me, not boxing fan. Obviously, you're a boxing fan, uh, basketball fan. Dapped up Colin Sexton just randomly in the mall. You know, oh, what's up? Uh, my friend was like, hey, that looks like Colin Sexton. He like kind of turned around. It's like, oh, that is Colin Sexton. You know, just cooling around. Uh, point guard for the Utah Jazz. That is, uh, who was? Uh, West Side Gun. He's a rapper. Ran into him twice. I ran into uh, Ryan Garcia's. Uh, father at the casino at like 2 a.m. Saturday morning. He was out early on fight night. He was at the casino. Walked right past him. People were asking for photos. I totally forgot about that. Um, Who else? Oh, uh, David Morrell after the fight Saturday back in the casino. <laughs> David Morrell, uh, Isak Cruz were there. Talked about uh, how that video is up on YouTube if you want to go uh, look at that. Rolly's trainer Bullet was right there with him. Uh, Ellie Sedback, he's one of my favorite boxing reporters kind of youtube guy on instagram follow uh he's an incredible follower he does he was right there with him i was in one of the uh the video he took of that actually you can check me out in uh, one of those videos but yeah it was a great time to fight happy good seats crazy that the capacity i believe they said was twenty thousand for that arena there was just under twenty one thousand people there so they sold crazy amounts of tickets for this fight like i was looking at the floor and i was like how are all of those people fitting down there it looked packed on the floor but it was a great time vegas was a great time uh again one of the best weekends i've had i know not everyone's here here uh here to listen to me talk about my weekend but yeah the way in the fight you know, watching, you know, I know we talked about Tank and Ryan. The David Morrell fight was sat down like, okay, got one more fight till Tank fights. Morrell knocks him out in the first round. It's like, oh, crap. Even my friend, you know, texts me back home. He's like, first round? That's crazy. Like, he really flatlined him. It's incredible. Great show put on by everybody involved with this fight. Vegas was popping, right? Uh, I've been to... Uh, Earl Spence fights in Dallas and you bring the city out man the city feels alive and you're proud you know I'm from right around Fort Worth uh, and uh, Dallas and Arlington you know you feel like oh yeah this is the city you know you're proud but this felt man like yeah I'm I'm with Tank right it just felt that way and afterwards obviously Tank man I felt like I won the fight (laughs) Uh, great event I'm looking forward to more of these events happening, man. I want to go to Vegas to cover these events. Incredible. You, well, you have stars talking about this from other sports and not the diehard boxing fans. You know, say like Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's a diehard boxing fan. He was there as well. You got these guys talking about this fight that aren't your usual boxing fans. You know you've got something. So I want to see these continue and continue and continue. Because I think, hey, boxing can only go up from here. Yeah, so that was my experience. Um, but quickly, let's just hit on what's next for each of these guys. 
Ryan already talked about. He's going up to 140. I don't blame him. That's a smart move for him. Go up to 140. Start doing what you got to do at 140. Personally, I assume he'll get a give me fight. Just get his confidence back. Hey, he's going to be seeing that video and be hearing from fans for years about this fight. And I really don't want that to be the case. I'm a Tank fan, so I've always couldn't stand Ryan calling him out. Knew, you know, going back and forth, yeah, we can't beat him. But you'll, you will not see me make fun of Ryan at all. He put everything on the line for this fight, and there's nothing but respect from me, and I hope everyone else for him. Because he did something a lot of people wouldn't do, and he made one of the biggest fights, the biggest fight in boxing. He was a part of that. So I don't want to see people bashing him. Uh, I know Pitbull Cruz was talking about, hey, if I'm a C-level fighter, you must be a Z-level fighter. That's referring to uh, Ryan not fighting Pitbull, I think a year ago, saying he was a C-level fighter. But hey, those are boxers talking. But no, I don't want to see fans disrespecting him or anything. You can be mad at his performance, but hey, he stepped in the ring when a lot of others wouldn't and made this fight happen. So much respect. And hey, he honestly, he gained a fan. I will be tuning in for more Ryan Garcia fights down the line. I know uh, potentially, what about a Tiafimo Lopez at 140? Tiafimo has a really tough fight against Josh Taylor coming up, I believe in June. So we got to see. We will see. All will be told at 140. I'm sure Ryan will take his time get back in the ring when he feels comfortable and has his confidence. Now, Tank Davis. Where does he go from this mega win? And I'll say it right now. I told you I think Tank's the face of uh, boxing. Tank's that guy at 135. I know my last uh, when I was talking about Shakur and maybe I was talking about Devin. Devin's the guy. I got this might be recency bias, and Devin might be able to overtake it when he fights Loma on May 20th, which that'll be a great fight as well. I got Tank as the guy on 135. I think right now he beats Devin. I don't know if Devin can take the power. Shakur, I think Shakur's a harder fight for Tank. I want to see Tank fight Devin, and I want the Shakur fight to marinate, marinate for a few years. Obviously, I want to see Shakur and Tank fight. But also, I want to see Devin and Tank fight. While Devin says he's still going to be at 135, let that happen. Let's see that one. And then when Shakur builds more of a outside boxing fan base, right, then we get Tank versus Shakur down the line in like eight, a year or two. That's when I want to have I want you guys thinking four years. No, I want it in like a year or two. I want him to fight Devin. And then Shakur. Because I think Devin Tank would be bigger than Tank Shakur right now. It might not be a better fight, but I think it'd be bigger. And hey, all the belts are on the line in that fight. So maybe it is bigger or better, actually. That's what I want. I want to see him. I want all three to fight each other. I really do. I want uh, Devin and Shakur to fight. I want it all. But realistically, we're not. We're most likely not going to see Tank fight one of those guy, one of those two guys next. Coming off of this big fight, I'm sure he's going to take a few months off. He's going to go back. I'm sure, it'll be a fight that, while it would be a good fight, it won't be a Devin or a Shakur. It'll be someone like, okay, once you get past this guy, are you going back to those big fights? That's just my that's just my opinion. I think his next fight, not it won't be a gimme fight. 
but it won't be Devin or Shakur. It'll be a good fight. I know uh, Tank did talk about earlier in this year, he wanted to fight three times. So, hey, we'll see. Maybe he gets that third fight in later this year, paves the way for a Devin Shakur matchup coming next year. I know no one wants to think about that, you know, it being a year away, but realistically, that will probably happen. Let's see how Devin does. And don't worry, stay tuned in. I'm covering the Devin fight because I like Devin a lot, but Tank's my guy. Devin has to get past Loma, and then we'll see where him and Shakur stand. And hey, if Devin puts on an unbelievable performance against Loma, he's right there back at 135. Right now, I got Tank as the man at 135. So that's what I think is next for both of them. I think it'll be a little while till we see each other, each um, of them in the ring again. But hey, after you put on this mega event and potentially, I know they're billing it as saving boxing. I don't know if I'd say it saved boxing. Hey, but it sure helped put it on a pedestal that hasn't been seen in some years now. So you guys, both Ryan and Tank, deserve some resting time. And then, hey, when they get back in the ring, trust me, we'll be watching. So yeah, I think that's what's next for both fighters as we're not going to hear for them for a little bit, but they'll be back, I think, by the end of the year. Yeah, so just in closing, man, what a weekend for boxing. What a great weekend it was. Boxing was the eye, you know, the eyes of the sports world were on boxing this weekend. And this can happen so much more, man. I really hope this is the fight that gets that to happen because I think... It was a good showing for boxing. It was a good showing out. Everyone came away happy. And I think it was just incredible. Vegas was on fire. Everything worked out this weekend in favor of boxing. Boxing was the real winners, along with Tank Davis. Uh, Don't want to forget about that. But incredible. I was happy to be there. One of the greatest weekends. One of my best moments, you know, watching that fight. Incredible. So, yeah, that's what I got to talk. That's what I'm talking about for this fight. I appreciate you, everyone, tuning in. I think I covered everything. A lot to cover from this fight. Uh, Again, you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Hey, really appreciate it if you press that follow button. Keep up with me. Keep up with the Never Drop Podcast. If you're on YouTube listening, I appreciate you. Please press that subscribe button. If you're not on YouTube, go follow it, man. Go subscribe to it. The Never Drop Podcast. I'm dropping videos all week of my perspective of fight week of the fight so check it out man go watch those go check them out yeah incredible week i'm ready for more unboxing right i'm disappointed uh no virgil ortiz fight this weekend which was scheduled uh i wish that was happening but it's not i wish virgil the best covering from his injury canelo fights may 5th i don't know if i'll i'll have time to cover that um moving out of college you know, that takes a little bit so if i will trust me that will get covered if not looking like uh unless i'm i know roly fights the 13th and then devin loma fight may 20th that's the fight man may 20th undisputed titles on the line at 135 hey can devin respond to the statement tank made, tank made this past weekend we'll see has been the never drop podcast i appreciate you listening still listening thank you that's all i got man i'm out peace